Welcome to Punk Frockers, a community sewing podcast brought to you by Jenny Hassler and Beverly Baptiste. So Beverly, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be home when it's still daylight out and uh, enjoying this time talking to you. I agree with you that getting home while it's daylight is really, really nice. I'm sorry that you've experienced some days that aren't quite that. that In the uh, summertime, too. It does. Yeah, it is nice to have summertime. I ate outside today. It was really lovely for my my lunch meal. Absolutely. So just right off the bat, let's get out of uh, get up at the top of the show who our sponsors are this month. We've got some good ones. We definitely do. This month, we're being sponsored by Style Art, which is who is offering a free pattern um, of your choice. And of course, they have a huge variety of patterns available, hundreds of them mm-hmm. across um, a lot of different style style options. So if you're looking and for, for kids it, probably, too and yep, you can probably find something. And we also have a free pattern from Karamia Maui. And I know there's one that I would, if I was eligible to win, I know I would get the <laughs> dragon fruit. But actually I wouldn't because I already bought that. I think a lot of people bought it right off the bat, but I think there's still a good opportunity here. And of course Karamia has other patterns um, yeah. that are that are out there and available. I was really a big fan of Chive, which I'll continue I to make know, yeah. um, this coming fall. I think for me it's more of a fall wear and a winter mm-hmm. wear than it is a spring or summer, though I think it could be worn in those other seasons. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, the Caladia um, jumpsuit, which was quite oh, popular right. when it was first released as well. So mm-hmm. there are definitely some other options there. I do love some Karamia Maui. So have you been sewing lately? I have. I've been on a little bit of a tear where I'm doing my binge sewing again. And right now I'm binge sewing the new Isla Wrap dress by Jennifer Lauren Handmade. Now, this is a dress that was so exciting to me when I, when I was asked if I would be interested in testing it. Um, the dress has a um, a round neck in the front, and it is a wrap dress that wraps in the back. And it's a very full coverage wrap. The way that the back skirt works is there's a panel that's the underneath panel that's lightly gathered, and it's all very lightly gathered, um, that goes from one side to the other in the back. And then there's the over wrap that goes from one side to the other in the back. So you've got two layers of fabric covering your um, backside and at no time in wearing this have I felt at risk. It also has grown-on sleeves and, of course, ties because of the way the wrap dress works. And at the top and the back, where the um, the crossover of the wrap half on the back, you have, I think the instructions are for a button and buttonhole. And, of course, I put a snap in. Um, okay. And, honestly, it pulls over my head. Totally decide not to put anything in. You could just stitch it close, stitch the button directly through all the layers or something like that if you were to choose to. And I really love it. And part of why I really love this dress is back in the 90s, maybe even the 2000s when I was sewing, there was a big four pattern company dress that was sort of retro style. They used bias tape on the grown on sleeves and bias tape along the cross in the back for a wrap dress that was probably a vintage Vogue, but it may have been a vintage from one of the other companies Mm -hmm. that was re-released. And I loved this dress and I bought the pattern for this dress and I tried to upsize it myself and I was really unsuccessful. And then years later, I'd come back to sewing and the dress would still be in the catalog and I'd buy it again. 
and I'd try it again. And I was never able to get the grading up and be satisfied. I'd never heard of a full bust adjustment. There were just lots of things that were making it harder for me to try and get it right. And it happened again when I returned to sewing in 2019, um, the end of 2019, there was a similar pattern in the catalogs and I bought it and I was unable to successfully scale it up to be really effective for me. So when this dress came up, it was like the fruition of a long time wish for this particular sort of retro style. And I've been excited by it. So I've made it so far in, um, a mid-weight linen, the, uh, from, Actually, I don't think it was from fabricstore.com. I think I got the linen somewhere else, but a mid-weight linen in navy blue, a black and white window pane that I think is a cotton, but could be a linen. It's a little bit heavier. It sort of feels like the Merchant Mills linen. Mm. Um, and then I made it out of a high quality quilting cotton that has canned veg- uh, jarred vegetables, like canned, like in a ball yeah. jar vegetables all over it. And I'm so happy with it. And I'm looking forward to my next one. Do you have a plan for your next one? I'm torn. I have a lot of fabric here and I know I want to do it out of the fabric I have on hand. And I haven't, I don't think I've picked the specific fabric yet. I keep looking around and considering it. And I just, I don't think I'm quite there, but I will probably do another linen version or two of this because I've really liked that. I've thought about color blocking it and mm. doing like the bodice in, a, in one color, maybe even the um, one of my cream ready to dye colors mm-hmm. and then doing the skirt in a darker color and the belt in the same color as the skirt to sort of build a, a two-piece looking outfit that's really one piece, but I haven't quite decided. Ah, so before we started recording, you said you think I should make this dress. And so I have some questions for you because there's some reasons that I'm skeptical about it. Okay. And the first one is it looks like it has a very high waist. Um, I of course cut my waist shorter than the pattern calls for. Okay. Well, that's part of it. So, and then is there any way to just tie it on the side and not have it wrap the whole way around? Okay. Let me stop and think about it. I'm going to stand up because it'll be easier for me to think if I have the garment doing its thing. I think there would be, it would, well, to wrap, not to wrap it around. So if you're not going to wrap it, the way that the dress works over here, it's coming through on my right-hand side. It's coming through the hole in the seam, the the tie is. And on the left-hand side, it isn't right. It just wraps completely around. Now this this, I think that the only way I can imagine doing it is you could put a button on either side in the back. Okay. Well, actually be at the side seam and you could button and button. Okay. Do you see what I mean? I'm not sure you could do it without tying it or with tying it on the side without going around your waist. Well, I was wondering if you could put the extra tie on the side where instead of having that tie come out of your left side, the sewn inside, uh-huh. you know, if you could have the tie on the right side where it's coming through the hole, or could you tie it in the back? No, because the the back, the, the piece panels off like this, right? I'm hoping my butt's not visible. This, uh, uh, <laughs> I see. I see. Okay. So that goes so that no, way. Oh, it has to but, go around. Oh, right. In order I to see. tie, but I really think you could be successful with, um, well, first off, I think you could literally just take a stitch on either side where the tie would be coming through and attaching it. 
Okay. You can take a stitch and still pull it over your head. So I don't think you'd even have to put a button because it's not form fitting in the way that that makes that not possible for my body shape. And I think that would also be true for yours, even though you are a different body shape. Yeah. Because your chest is larger than your waist. Yeah. And so that's that's the part I think would be most relevant there. So I think you could I think you could affix it on either side. I either see. with button and buttonhole or one of those little buttons in the elastic loopies yeah. or whatever and have it done or just stitch it at the waistband. Yeah. So you still get the benefit of kind of that, that cross that look. Yeah. So the, the reason I asked this is that I have found everything that I make with a tie on it, I don't like. And even my hinterland dress where I tie it so loose that it's not even doing yeah. anything, it bugs the crap out of me. Okay. So when I've bought wrap dresses ready to wear, oftentimes they're faux wraps because the side seam on one side, the wrap is sewn down. And on the other side, there's a tie on the side seam and a tie on the wrapping part. So all you have to do is a fix on the right-hand side where the hole is in the seam. Uh If you just sewed the top of the skirt to this, like yeah. just on the side seam, just sewed it down. Then you could attach a tie to the side, the side that opens and a tie to the panel that opens and just uh-huh. tie it that's, in a bow yeah. on the side. That's, that's, yeah. So the key is affixing it over here with a button or by stitching it or whatever I see. You do on the right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I hope it makes sense to our listeners because there's been lots of pointing and stuff that they won't be I able know, to I know, but I tried to come back to the right side and left side. I may yeah. actually try and make one that way. Because it's an interesting idea. And I do, I don't always like to have to tie across the front because it does the way my body is shaped. It automatically tries to be a high-waisted thing. Yeah, right. Because that's how my body is. And on the ones where I didn't raise the waist, you can see the waist seam and then the tie is a couple inches above it. Yeah, that's what my natural waist is, right? Right. And so that's why I shortened it on this one was to have the waist on the garment match my natural waist instead of not. So I think by this idea, because I, it's the, my least favorite factor at feature of it is the tie in the front. Yeah. And so if I affixed it on the one side, since I don't require it to go over and then put ties or buttons or whatever on the other side, on the left side, that would be kind of neat. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'll have to take a look at that. Yeah. The other, the other one I made for myself is I made another dragon fruit dress using a cotton ball that I got at Mulberry Six and Silk. In is that that one that's like white base with pinks and purple yeah, with pink and squares? Black and, yep. Oh my gosh. I love that fabric. So on Saturday, I'm going up to New York again. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim has a fitting for his sandals. We, I'm going to go Go to move and they have a great selection of walls and I really want to get some for summer. So awesome. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Maybe I'll, I heard- maybe I'll find one that's, that's perfect for Ginny up there. Yeah. Oh, now that's an even better idea. No, that's amazing. <laughs> that's a really, really neat one. I'm when I head down to Atlanta, North Georgia, Blairsville, I think, or something like that for the um, retreat that I'm going to in June, I'm hoping to stop by Fine Fabrics and see uh, what I can find that might be really cool. It's been it's been so long since I went. And I'm really, really hoping, hoping to get that opportunity. So that's about all that I've made. I've put a lot of things on my table and almost cut them out. And then I've changed my mind and, and all that. I'm sort of in a, I'm in a weird place because it's only about three weeks away from when I leave for that retreat. And I'm already thinking about what patterns I'll bring with me and what fabric to bring. And do I feel certain that I'm going to get to the fabric store before the retreat? Because then I don't need to bring any fabric, but don't feel real certain. I feel like 
traffic and other things could be my enemy. So <laughs> are you planning to have things cut out and bring with you or are you in like, like a project bag of things or are you planning to cut them out there? I think it's a combination. I have a few things that I've had cut out for longer than I'd care to admit to that I haven't sewn yet. So I want to bring those because it feels like there's some pressure about maybe doing those if I'm there and they're cut out already. And then I thought I'd bring things to make three or four, and it sounds like too much, but you know how I sew. I mean, it's five days, four nights, three of which are really sewing days. So it's going to bring fabric to make several more things. And also here's a suggestion that, you know, you can take or not, but, um, I think a good idea at one of these, I was thinking about this after we talked, um, is to bring something that you, that you're going to have to do some fitting on because you'd have people there to help. That's true. That's a possibility. And And I don't even just mean advice. I mean, like pinching things out, you know, and stuff that we usually can't do. I mean, we could, we could get Well, one of the things I definitely think I'm going to bring is some um, canvas or other fabric like that in order to make flight suits so that (sighs) I have that opportunity to maybe get some bonus help with that. That's a good idea. I think that's great because people can help you with advice, but they can also actually physically help you with the mm-hmm. uh, round. So I've got some, I've got some thoughts on it. I think I am only going to bring my one sewing machine and not bring my serger. They'll have so, sergers there. So I, I hope so. I know they were going to have some other machines potentially available, but. Are you bringing your big machine? I am. <laughs> that's a big one. It is. It is. But it's it's mine. It's the one I'm comfortable with. My only other option. That doesn't feel fair. So I'm, I'm planning to bring it. I think it'll be a good time. I'm hoping to get some time before I go to dye some fabrics. I did get um, the box. Remember the, the dye thing that you suggested? I look at oh, the yeah. botanical I haven't dyes. bought it yet. That's um, just arrived for me today. Awesome. I haven't. So can haven't you tell people it. what that is? I'm opening it right now. So this was from a company called Botanical Colors. And they had, uh, they've sent it with a little postcard of um, cochineal. I guess, I don't know how it's pronounced. Cochineal, cochineal. Uh Um, uh, Postcard of the image of it. And then what I had ordered was um, some uh, matter liquid dye in order to in order to try natural dyeing with something natural before the month of um, May is over for our PF So Natural. And so I'm unrolling it right now. It's it's a liquid like this, and it says that it yields a soft or brilliant cherry red. And this, this little bottle of it is what I have. It's four ounces, and it's supposed to be able to dye of what I have, maybe a couple yards, uh, a good color, and a lighter color if I do more yards. So and is that, um, is that, that's a liquid? It's a liquid. Yes. So that, that helps out, right? Yeah, I think so. I think for me, I think this is going to be better. Mm-hmm. And there are instructions on the website and they've sent me a link to go with it. And I don't remember what they were, but, um, but that's where I'll, I'll find out how to, how to use it. And I'm, I'm excited. I think it'll be neat. Um, I'm, I'm not sure, like, I haven't decided if I'm going to tie dye, like whether I'll, 
you know, bunch things up and get sort of uneven coloring out of it, or if I'm going to just put it all in the pot, because I think I still have to, I think I still have to apply heat, but, but I'm not positive. I don't remember. And so, well, I'm excited to see how this goes. It'll be an adventure. My other most recent dyeing adventure, I did 18 sample pieces, which I've gotten through the washer and dryer and I've ironed them all. And so now now I'm at the point where I need to go through and take the pictures I took of them and put the names of the dyes on each ones. Um, I've uploaded a few pictures in one of my stories on Instagram that showed like all of the different images, but without any color names associated with them. I was not entirely satisfied with how the dyeing turned out this time. So I've got a new plan for continuing to improve the samples on the next set, but it is still a really good reference set. I can see somewhat what I'm going to get out of them in the future. So it was a worthwhile effort, but I feel like I could do better. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it looks like um, then you could also get some inspiration on which things to mix together. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited by it because I'm I'm happy to have the weather back where I can get started dying again. Yeah. So enough about all my little things. What have you been working on? Well, I have been very busy with non-sewing things lately, but I did finally manage to finish something since my trip back <laughs> to Puerto Rico. I finished a, the Seamwork Marlowe that I talked about last time um, in a navy blue linen from fabricstashstore.com. And um, it's my favorite of the Marlowe's that I've made. Um I've made three of them. The first one was quite a bit too big. I think I got rid of it. Um, And the second one, it's nice. And it's in a nice lightweight rayon and a beautiful rayon. Actually, it was art gallery rayon. Um, but the, this one is probably going to get worn the most. It's the easiest and this is, to wear. This is like a button front grown on sleeve V-neck garment. Yes, exactly. Okay. It's, um, it's like hip length. And so... I mean, you could tuck it in, but I never will. And it's, um, yeah, it's just got a few buttons. You could sew up the buttons. I mean, I can and easily it put it those, on. It looked like it maybe had the split sides. Does it have the little, like, is the hem split at all? Yes, it has a split okay. hem and it has a faced hem. So I do yeah. love a faced hem. I do love they're very nice. Yeah. So, um, and then the next thing is very exciting. <laughs> I started... My first attempt with the top down center out method um, from uh, that was created by Ithaca Maven on Instagram. And I have been using I've looked at the things that they've posted and I've also looked at things from the Crooked Hem because she's really done a lot on this. But anyways, I've started this and I am using the um, actual like muslin fabric, which I guess other people, some people call calico and some people call muslin, but it's that kind of, you know, midweight fabric, but it's for, for making pants and you can easily see marks on it. I trace the pattern out on the pants in Sharpie and they ask you to add like an extra three inches at the top and put in where the stitch line is. I'm I'm like, I'm really geeking out on this. This is kind of like super fun to do this method. Now we'll see if, if it if I get pants that fit me well, I think I'm going to be sold on this because, um, you know, I've been looking for a long time for these pants do not have like any elastic or anything. They're like a 
proper fitted pair of pants. And so if I can get some that fit me nicely, I'll be pretty impressed. So we'll see how it goes. I hope it really works. This is one that I want to try as well. And maybe that's one of the big things I'll do when I'm at that retreat is actually get myself some muslin and and see about it. Um, cause that might be the kind of fun thing to do. It would be uh, fun. Yeah. With like people that. there, that would be really yeah. helpful too. People could help you with, they could take a picture from behind and you know, whatever. <laughs> so that's good. Absolutely. But today our topic, which fits in nicely with our, our hashtag of PF so natural is kind of doing a deep, but not super educational dive on one mm-hmm. of our favorite fibers, linen. Um, yeah. so the, the first thing I just want to make extra clear is that we are not experts on this. We enjoy yeah. sewing with linen. We definitely know where to buy linen and what we can make out of linen, but but we're not going to be the podcast for the experts. We will link in our show notes um, some, some different podcasts that are out there um, from Love to Sew about linen um, specifically yeah, as well explain, as- explain like how they make yeah. it and everything. All that other stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, Tomcat Stitchery also has an episode on top 10 patterns for linen. So that's super great. We're going to, all the education will come from someone else. It's definitely not going to be us. Yeah. So now that we're clear on that. Yes. <laughs> I did like one of the tips, Beverly, that you stuck into the show notes about what to do if your linen is scratchy. Now, what I do if my linen is scratchy is I give it to my daughter and I go and buy linen that isn't scratchy. Um, <laughs> and I don't think that's what your tip is. <laughs> no. So um, it, Tomcat's Detree's um, vlog video um, talks about how actually I, I highly recommend that video because she goes through a lot of she starts out talking about the um, different fabric stores and some of them is, is quite expensive linen. And the place where we go is actually very reason where we generally buy ours from yeah. uh, fabric stash store.com is, is very reasonable, but it's not the same like as European linen. It's not quite as soft as that. And um, so what she suggested doing, and she said, if you soak your linen in 50%, Coca-Cola and 50% water. She <laughs> says um, that it it will soften up and she attributes this to the acid in the Coke. And I was thinking, well, won't that stain? But she says it doesn't, which I don't understand because I think if you spill some on you, it does stain. But anyway, uh-huh. um, she said it doesn't. So you could try that. I also have in my house, I have some citric acid that I keep around because a lot of yarn is dyed with stuff that doesn't stay very well and you can use citric acid to make it stay better. So I have that. I bet you that would, would work as well. And if that would work, I'm thinking Mountain Dew, the most popular soda in the United States currently would also work. I don't know anyone that drinks Mountain Dew. It's according to my husband, it is the top selling soda. Now that may be in part because they have several chains that sell it or sell it near exclusively. And because they have like a thousand flavors I'm just shocked. I can't believe that like Coke or Pepsi isn't the okay. most popular. Keep in mind, my expert for this is my husband who drinks it, oh. but is not uh. in fact a soda pop researcher, but he assured <laughs> me in the most, the most absolutely expert sounding voice that it is. Uh, okay. <laughs> but in any case, they have so many different flavors. You could probably even pick your, you know, your choice. And they're all, I'm sure, just as acidic as Coke. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. So so 
why do we love linen? And I'm going to start just by blaming Beverly because I'll be honest, I had never bought linen for myself except when I was buying ready to wear clothing many years ago because it's too expensive. And I knew that already. I was already aware that if I wanted linen, it was going to be three times the cost of anything else I would buy. Even ready to wear, it's expensive sometimes. I know. So why would I wear linen? It's obviously too expensive. But when when Beverly shared with me fabricstore.com, I discovered that I could get linen for what I was already paying for high quality quilting cottons and rayons that were of a high quality. So like basically anything that wasn't clearance at Joann's, if I was paying at a fabric store, a local style fabric store, it was, it was similarly priced. And I really love the general durability of linen. Although I've, I've had some mismatches where I bought something to make um, a particular, like a pencil skirt with limited ease or where I made Mm. a pair of slacks and I didn't choose the right seam finish or things like that, where I've seen some, some perhaps less than ideal results at seams where my, my sausage like nature of my body and some clothing have not not really worked well with some of those uh, linens, but generally they've worked as well as they would with any of the other types of fabrics that I would normally sub them for. So my lightweight linen behaves is as sturdy as or sturdier than the rayons I might sub it for. And my midweight linen is as sturdy as the cottons I might sub it for and so on. And I just, I really enjoy it. I think, so for me, I like the way that linen looks when it's wrinkled. I mm-hmm. feel better about a wrinkly linen dress than I do about a wrinkly rayon dress or cotton sure. dress or silk dress, because somehow the fact that it is linen, it suddenly looks like, but linen's supposed to do that. And yeah. so, so it becomes a feature instead of a bug. So there's two kinds of wrinkles with linen in my, well, three. The first kind is the kind, if you just take it right out of the dryer, it just comes a little crumply, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's to me is perfectly fine. I'll totally wear that. I don't need to iron it unless, it, you know, unless it's in a weird way, but in general, that's like acceptable to me. The kind of wrinkles that you get just from driving your car to work, you know, yes. when you're wearing something linen, those are fine with me. What's not fine with me is if I put it in a laundry basket and I don't fold it and it's all crumpled up. Yeah. That's it gets horrible, but most of the fabric that I use will get horrible if I do that. Like I need to just put right. it away. That's kind of the way I don't I even like a t-shirt, but that way, you know? So, um, yeah, I don't have a problem with it being wrinkly. When you started talking about wrinkles, you led with, there are three kinds of wrinkles. And I was mm-hmm. very concerned that there was going to be an educational moment Instead of of a thought experiment about what kind of wrinkles you like and don't like. So for a second, I was worried that it was going to get a little bit too learny. Yeah, you don't have enough faith in me. (laughs) But the reason, one of the reasons that I have really liked linen, besides the fact that it fits my style, which is just casual, basically casual, but linen is a little bit put together even when it's casual, Um, but it does look comfortable. That's one thing about it. It looks, it looks like there's some ease in it. Um, you don't, I, I wouldn't use linen for a fitted, really fitted. Well, that's not true. I mean, you can use it for fitted garments, but for me, the way I use linen, it's because it is, uh, comfortable and just relaxed to me. Um, but the, one of the really great things about linen for me is that it's very easy to sew with. I found it very uh-huh. easy to sew with. Again, that's probably 
maybe because of the patterns that I use, I haven't had any trouble, but like it presses really well. It, um, you know, it'll hold, you can finger press it in a lot of instances and it holds its shape so that you can do the next step. If you need to, you can, you know, you can manipulate it a little bit. I find that it has a lot of, it, it can, so one of the bad things about linen is it grows, right? So mm-hmm. I have had a failure, not a failure in making it. I made a pair of pant, uh, shorts called the glissando shorts that I like out of linen, but they grow too much and they look ridiculous very soon after because of the, the shape of the shorts. And they, I thought they would be perfect for it, but they really grow a lot. So that can be a problem, but also it can be a feature, right? Like when I make, I have the Clyde pants and I have those in linen. I can't imagine Elizabeth Suzanne Clyde pants in anything but linen or canvas or something like that. They grow a bit, but it fe- it seems right with that style. Pant. <laughs> it's something you can't quite put your finger on. And I agree with you. The other nice thing about it is it does seem to elevate a lot of patterns and it's not It's not that it takes them from casual to fancy pants. It takes them from casual to casual. But if you ran into somebody, you'd be so happy about it. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So I really do enjoy that. Now, we've talked a lot about, I think, our favorite single source for it, which is fabricstore.com. And that's in part because of the pricing. It tends to be 15 and under Mm -hmm. a yard for what I'd consider to be a mid-weight or even the lightweight. Mm -hmm. Um, They have regular sales. And for me, the the big Big sales that they do on black yardage and cream colored yardage or white yardage are what I'm most interested in because black is just a staple. Everyone should have 15 mm-hmm. yards. <laughs> I'm sure they shouldn't, but I always end up with 15 yards of whatever I buy for some reason. Um, but it's it's really nice and it's great for dying. And as and someone tra- who's, when they have the sales on that, it's like less than seven dollars sometimes. Yes, it's incredibly inexpensive. Yeah. It's usually super limited, so there aren't many colors options. And typically, it's really the cream is what goes down to the seven dollars a yard. Others will drop down to like tenish, and mm-hmm. that's nice. And then they do doggy bags and whatever. It's really wonderful, but it allowed me to enter into dyeing in a way that I don't think I would have if I had not had this access point because the dyes look so amazing on the linen and it's, it's just a step above if I was buying, which I originally bought some of muslin or Mm -hmm. just plain quilting cottons and things like that, which I could dye, but the linen made it so much cooler somehow. Yeah. And that's probably still some leftovers from my just feeling like linen was definitely beyond my means. So yeah. I recommend trying to dye with linen. That's really the upshot here. You can order two yards of linen and a couple of dyes from Dharma Trading Company and go nuts on a weekend, you know? But we also know that fabricstore.com is not the only place to buy linen. And in fact, you know, you may really want, there's different, you know, varieties of linen from other places, different qualities, sometimes very much difference in quality. So let's talk about some places, some other places that we like to buy linen. Absolutely. So I've mentioned Mulberry Silks several times. It's a store in Carborough, North Carolina, and they do a newsletter every week where they put snips of fabrics that they have and the cost 
and you can contact them by email or by phone in order to order. They still, as far as I'm aware, don't have a full-on shopping cart system available to you, but that newsletter gave me life at the beginning of the pandemic. It was so important to me to see these really amazing things that I could give some consideration to. And because of the way that they do it, they they have just a wild variety of quality so that the, the, the fineness of the fabric, the thickness, the durability, the manufacturer, the width of the fabric, because linens are often 50 inches or wider, but they yeah. don't have to be. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> And they have different textures and they have printed linens, which is something that I think is really neat. But what they have varies all the time. It's it's one of those newsletters that I I still get. I don't always buy it's mm-hmm. um, it's but it's a horrible temptation when it shows up in the mail. And it's it's a really neat place to be able to get things. another one. Jenny and I visited together. Uh, here in Baltimore is uh, domesticity. <laughs> now, domesticity has a lot of different types of fabric. They have a lot of quilting cottons, uh, high-end quilting cottons, but they also <laughs> have some very nice linens. Uh, we got some Merchant and Mills linen there. Yep. Now, Merchant and Mills is gonna is gonna be on the high end of price for linen. So, that's a forty to fifty dollars a yard. Uh, US dollars. And I don't know, I think it probably sells for similar price in Europe. I don't know. And you can get it from Merchant and Mills out there. Um, But they, but Domesticity also carries the Robert Kaufman lines. There's two major Robert Kaufman lines of linen, which is the Essex, which is a blend of linen and cotton. And it's, it's pretty durable. And I actually like it for things like the Soho 7 free range slacks because it, it doesn't mm-hmm. grow as much as linen by itself. Yeah. Um, and then they also carry the um, Brussels washer linen, which is also a blend and that's a blend of rayon and linen. And so that has a little bit more drape on that. I'm actually wearing that today in their yarn dyed version. So, th- and that's more on the 10 to $15 a yard. And yeah. And the Brussels washers linen I've really liked. I've made, a couple of trillium dresses out of it. And I've made um, a Dora dress from Rebecca Page out of it. I think I've made three of them, actually. The first time I discovered it, I just bought all the colors. And I really, really love them. But I did learn that for me, I do better if I either bind the seams or I French seam them with the Brussels washer- washers. I'm apparently incredibly rough on that material ah. because that's one where even on a dress where you're talking about like a side seam on a dress that's loose, that's not a fitted dress, Mm -hmm. I can still manage to, to wear that material out fairly quickly. And so, so do you mean like the, um, so you wear out where you've surged on there? Yeah. Where it surged, I, I, it ends up fraying apart, even though I typically will surge, like when I'm surging, I'll surge the edge at three eighths of an inch and then I'll sew the seam at five eighths. So it's mm-hmm. not right on it or anything else, but I found I just do better if I go ahead and French it. Um, okay. so, wow. or, or bind it. And it's a weird one. It may be like the cap sleeves in your arms, whatever you're doing doesn't work for yeah. those. Whatever yeah. I'm doing on the sides of Brussels washers linen is, is not working. I'm doing something different. <laughs> I don't know what it is. 
Yeah. Um, I haven't had that problem, but I could see that. Now, I do know that some folks, Sarah Fornia sent me some linen that she had because she couldn't stand it, but I think she was having issues with it fraying. And that can be a problem. I do know that when I get yardage of linen, though, I always pre wash it. And I'm always grateful to myself when I come to the the dryer and I'm grateful to my previous self if I surge it before I put it in there, the edges. Because if I don't, it, it's not that I lose so much fabric. It just makes this rat's nest, right? It's of the, such a mess. Yeah. So, you know, those sample pieces I did that were like 15 inches yeah. by 20 inches? Yeah. I didn't surge one inch of that. And when I pulled it out, it was just a giant ball of threads wrapped around fabric. It must have taken me literally 30 minutes to break apart 18 wow. different pieces of it. I was using scissors to cut the threads and try and pull them out and... It was a mess. And yet for all of that, I doubt that I will surge the next samples, but that's a, that's a different problem. That's a problem with me, not with, <laughs> it's a good idea. You should always surge those edges. I agree with you. I just probably won't do it. But I, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed the Merchant at Mills. That's one that I am planning to cut out and turn into a Jennifer Lauren Isla, the back wrapping dress that we talked about at the start. That's definitely so. I still have in my stash the the yardage that you bought for me yeah. of the Merchant and Mills, and that is something that you know when it's at that end, I would want to make it first in something else right. to make sure it's fitting properly. But I can use the fabricsstore.com fabric yeah. to to test it out first. Yeah, and with this one, I. I've made three versions now of that dress. So I know it's a dress for me. It's absolutely a dress for me. And I love the weight of the one I made out of a black fabric that's got white window pane plaid on it. And it feels like a similar weight to the Merchant Mills linen once it was washed and dried. And so I feel like it'll be a good match for that. I'm feeling pretty good about that one. Now, another one that um, I also strongly recommend, and I've mentioned this in an episode before, is Mood Fabrics, where you're headed. They have their Mood-exclusive linen and rayon blend fabrics, so like the Brussels Brussels washer linen. But these, for whatever reason, they're 53 inches wide, they're 55% linen, 45% viscose rayon, and the way that they wash up, to me, they feel like a silk noir that heavily texture to it. Mm -hmm. It just feels dreamy. And I completely love them. They're about $18 a yard. And everything about them makes me happy. They smell good, which sounds so weird about clean fabric, but I don't use dyes or or scents in any of my washing stuff Mm because they tend to irritate me. And when it's done, it just smells, I don't know, not quite earthy, but it just smells good. Yeah. it, the drape on it feels so good. I, all of it, I love it to death. And they come in such cute prints and not just like cute that I would like, also cute that you might like. <laughs> like yeah. where it's, not, it's not all electric soda pop cans. Some of them yeah. are more subtle than that. So, you know. It's not like flying giraffes and all I mean, not things. every one of them for sure. Although I would be here for the flying giraffes. Yeah. But, Um, But I do love that. And of course, Mood carries other linens as well. But that specific linen is, to me, is just like the dreamiest of dreamy linens. I'll have to check that out when I'm there. You really Um, should. (laughs) The next one that I'm going to talk about is one that I learned about when I watched the vlog from Tomcat Citry. 
And that is the fabric store. It's in New Zealand and they have, um, a, they, they do ship around the world and they say they have free shipping over a hundred us dollars, but I think that's only within New Zealand. I, I don't know. They have like a, their shipping is a flat rate. I think it's $12 or something. Um, Shipping. It says free shipping on orders over a hundred US dollars. I'm not sure if that applies to around the world, but anyways, the shipping rate, yeah, $12 to the United States. And, um, I think that's a pretty fair deal from all the way from New Zealand. And if it's flat rate, you could buy tons and tons of it, but they have really like a ton of different kinds of linen. And, um, they have like gingham linen. They have vintage finish linen, which, um, Whitney from Tomcat Citry totally says is really great. And so then they have heavyweight, they have stripes and all that. So it's a high higher price point, but I think it's finer linen. Yeah. And it it does look like they, they show 178 different products in the linen category on their website, which is really neat. And the other thing I went off to look at is I know that they sell patterns. And of course, you know me, I'm automatically interested if a fabric store sells patterns, will they fit my body? And in this case, the two that I looked at went to a 62 plus inch hip. And Ah. so it is very expansive, which is exciting to see as well. I agree. They have a lot of really neat, really neat looking ones. They've got crinkle linens in addition to um, the ginghams that you've mentioned. And they've got larger, um, bold ginghams, the larger, larger checks as well. Um, looks like just a great place to to pick up some of those items. So yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Thank you, know. you for finding that resource. When you talk about what to make out of linen, I just want to lead with anything you can make out of a woven fabric, you can probably make out of linen. Just like anything you can make out of a woven fabric, you can probably make out of a high quality quilt, quilting cotton. It doesn't mean it's the best thing for it, or it's the thing that you actually want to do with it. But most things that are woven, you can probably go ahead and find out how it would look in linen. Why not? Mm -hmm. One of the ones that I I really loved this past year was the Stylark Hope Dress. This is the raglan sleeve with gathered cuff dress by Stylark. It is not particularly fitted in and around the waist, though. I've been on such a kick with waist ties in the back of a garment now that I am so considering making a hope that I put a back waist tie on because Mm. I think it would be super adorable. I'm surprised you haven't. I know, me too. <laughs> Sometimes you just don't, the waist ties didn't come to me until more recently. Like they weren't a thing I was doing on everything. Well, let me ask you this. Okay. Uh-huh. So this is, I'm in the one that gets to go on tangent this time. Um, Yay. So don't you have a problem with waist ties that when you go to the bathroom, they end up in the toilet? So no, because I'm very deliberate about how I tie them in the back of my garments so that they won't. Like I okay. worry about that. That's a thing I think about. So I agree so it's with happened. you. It, it hasn't, but it could. Okay. Like I, cause I'm super paranoid when I sit down, I always think is the back of my dress going to go in the toilet. I mean, forget <laughs> waist time. I wear a lot of midi length dresses. It'd be so easy yeah. for me to be dipping while I'm, while I'm doing, <laughs> and I don't want to do that. So I'm super conscious of it. And so when I tie my waist tie in the morning, I have a a full body mirror and I turn around and I check the length of the ties to make sure they're where I know they need to be to not dip because I do worry about it. So yes, I I hear you 100%. (laughs) So yeah, I think that one would be super cute in 
in linens. And I've done at least one in a linen because I did some tie dye that I, that I made into a hope dress. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You did. The next one that you have listed here is your tried and true trillium. It and is. And the Ray Ruby dress. Yeah, the Made by Ray Ruby is absolutely another one that would work well in it. I, in fact, recently made one where I used a, um, a I want to say I did a dark green for the yoke. So the Made by Ray Ruby is a short yoke. It's an above the chest line yoke with mm-hmm. a lightly gathered front and back. And it can be made a tunic, tunic length or dress length. And it's... Um, it's sleeveless by nature. That's how, how it pops out of the pattern envelope for you. And I have made one recently where I put a dark green as the yoke at the top mm-hmm. and then used a light blue for the body of the dress. And oh, I thought nice. the color blocking really came out nicely on that one. So I've, I've tried them both in linen um, repeatedly and I enjoy them. And of course, I love both of these styles because of all the things you can do with them. I've made rubies where I've put gathers across the top of the yoke. I've made rubies with piping there instead. I've made trilliums out of like everything I can think of. So, <laughs> so there's that. Um, and I, I really, really enjoy both of them. They're they're very simple dresses. I think they're ideal for a linen in terms of showcasing that fabric as well. Okay. Um, the next one on the list we have is Anything by Muna and Broad. <laughs> Which is only sort of true, right? Because mostly linens don't come in knits. So you're probably not going to be doing knits with this. <laughs> and I haven't bought a lot of um knits with linen content. They're out there, but those are the ones that I tend to find a little bit scratchy. Um, so mm-hmm. I have not, I have not been satisfied enough to actually make something out of them. Mana and Broad, their, their aesthetic seems ready-made for linen clothing. Um, mm-hmm. going from something like the Cobden chore jacket, which is just a standard, standard style chore jacket with a collar and giant useful pockets, right? Um, mm-hmm. to, to something more like their pairs of pants, which they come in a variety of leg fittings from fitted to not fitted at all. Um, and the Torrens box top, which, you know, box tops Perfect. all over the place yeah. are really just linen delivery systems. So, so Mana and Broad is a, a really great resource for it. And if you go look at their website or their Instagram feed, you'll find a plethora of examples of these made out of linens across a wide variety of qualities and costs. Yeah. Another one that I really love for it um, that I've made, but I haven't posted a picture of yet is the Alton blouse, which is the latest cashmere at club blouse, which Ah. is sort of a riff on the Montrose top. It's similar lines to the Montrose top and you can swap in or out the sleeves from either to either body because the arm side are the same according to Jenny at Cashmerette. These are, this is a um, scoop neck or tie neck blouse with uh, darts at the chest and um, a yoke on the back or no yoke on the back. You've got a choice. You can have a yoke with gathers or have no yoke at all. And it's just a, a more fitted back to it. And you've got an option for straight sleeves, short straight sleeves, or um, very full sleeves with pleats tucked into them in the case of the Alton blouse. And I made a short sleeved version with the neck, the tie at the neck, the keyhole neckline with the tie out of the creamy white fabricstore.com linen with a black yoke on the back and um, piping at all the places you could possibly pipe. <laughs> so, wow. Um, and I, I love that one. It, I made it to be able to wear with my red Gilmore skirt from 
Cashmerette's club as well, which I did make out of a red linen. So yeah, I think that one's cute. I think so too. I um I really like this next one, uh, the Bellum Night dress. I've never made it. I have the pattern. I printed the pattern. I cut out the pieces all in my size and I haven't made it. And the problem for me now is that it's made it past the cooler months. And I think of it as a more cool weather outfit. Um, Although I guess it doesn't have to be. Nope. It doesn't, especially if you do the sleeves a little bit shorter or you use a lighter weight fabric or these other things. So this is a, um, they call it a fit and flare dress. It's got sort of princess seams on the front and back, but with grown on sleeves, which feels weird for a princess seam thing, but that's kind of how it goes. And it's got a V neck and a high neck in the back and it's got waist ties though. I think you could leave them off, but it Mm -hmm. does have waist ties. And then it's got a lantern shaped skirt, which is my favorite thing about it. I love that. Really cool. That lantern shape. That's what's, that's what's intrigued me this whole time about it. What I really want to uh, try out. Yeah, I I love it. And you could make it as just a skirt. That would be a very easy adjustment to do. You'd have to come up with your own waistband on it. But I mean, that would be an easy, easy adjustment. And I have considered adding this skirt to other garments. That I think that's a good idea too. So so I really want to mention Elizabeth Suzanne patterns. Yes. Those are just made for linen, really. I've made so far, I've made the... Clive pants. I made the Clive jumpsuit, but I made it out of canvas and I don't love it. And I spent quite a lot of money on that canvas. Actually, I've made the Florence pants, which are very flowy, very wide leg pants. I made the Georgia tee, which is a box top, essentially Uh, very easy to do, but also just it's it really I don't know. It's very attractive on, and I've used a variety of different uh, materials. When I say variety, I, I mean different linens and um, one that was a one silky noil kind of thing, but but mostly linens for that. And then I made their Harper tunic, which is the one that maybe I shouldn't have made out of black linen because it looks a lot like I'm getting my hair cut, but it's uh, very <laughs> comfortable, nice, okay, nice I pattern. Love that though, <laughs> yeah. So it's. All I love the uh, Elizabeth Suzanne's aesthetic. I think that the designs that come out of them are the type of designs that make me realize, oh, that's 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 why I like linen. Is that that kind of aesthetic, that loose, casual, sit on the couch and read kind of outfit? I like those. Yeah. It reminds me of clothing I used to buy a million years ago in linens. I mean, that was, that was the style for sure. And it seems super comfy. Yeah. Now the next one I put on here is the Helen's Closet Gilbert shirt, which I used to talk a lot more about. I haven't talked about in a long time, but there's one of them that I made that I just love so much. Um, It's, I made it out of a kind of a bluish it's a teal colored uh, Brussels washer linen and I embroidered on it. And that's one of the great things about linen, especially, you know, solid color linen. It's first of all, it's nice to put a decorative accent with some embroidery, but it's takes embroidery really well because it's just firm enough, but it has enough holes in it. So you can easily do it. But that uh, Helen's Closet Gilbert top, which if you haven't seen it yet, is a button button up top that uh, has a camp collar 
and you can have ties in front or not. And I've been intrigued by it. I think I've bought the pattern and I just haven't gotten around to making it. Although the more skirts I make and the more pants I make, the more likely I am to make it. Yeah. Now you also are a big fan of Soho 7's free range pants, which are an elastic waisted pant. Yes. If I remember right. So they, yes. And they, they have, um, they have a pocket they have two beautiful pockets. I love the front pockets on this. They're nice big pockets. They're those slashed kind, you know. Yeah. Um, sit really nicely there. They have uh, they have side panels on them. They're very comfortable, and they have them in both a tapered leg and a wide leg. I've made both of them. The wide leg ones are more cropped, and I've made that with um, regular plain linen. I've made it with. I got some linen from. Um, from seams fabric, actually the striped linen that, uh, that's kind of, that might be my favorite pair. And I don't know if that's a little bit of a blend, but I've also made it in the Essex blend with a cotton and it, it holds the shape even better, but I do actually really love the ones I made in hundred percent, like sort of midweight linen. I wear those every week. So I want to hear more about the stripe down the side. Okay. Tell, tell me what that means. So <laughs> It's not, it's not like a a racing stripe. It could be, you could, you could make it that way, but the way the pants are constructed, there's a, it's kind of like that you put three, instead of putting two pieces per leg, there's three pieces per leg. And the back pocket is actually sewn into the seam on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it, I don't know why why it's like that. Like you could do it with two pieces, but it kind of, the thing I like about that. Okay. Cause I can sometimes <laughs> be a little princess about seams and stuff and there's no seam on the side. So when you sit down, you don't feel the, the seam. Okay. Like, um, I don't know if that's why they did it or not, but, um, I like the style of it a lot. Another person who's made a lot of them, if you'd like to see some versions of this is, uh, Sheila O'Kelly. Yeah, I, I think I have seen um, what she's, she's done She's made them in denim, that. too. Yeah, I, I do think I've seen those. She's, yeah. uh, I, I often look to her for things, like, to see how things would look in linen, because yeah. frequently. Yeah, she yeah. makes a lot of things like that. The next thing I have is, is like Elizabeth Suzanne, anything you get from Merchant the Mills, pretty much, although except for jeans and stuff like that, you could make with with linen. So of course I've made a number of the shirt dresses. I've made the factory dress, which I'm wearing today, which is my Soviet chic dress. And, um, I guess I didn't want to call it that. Um, and also there's, um, the Florence top, which I've purchased and haven't made yet, which is really cool. It's like a kind of a boxy shirt or dress with gathered peplum on the bottom. And the peplum in the back is higher than the peplum in the front. Like it, it, it gathers up higher. So it has this really cool, like asymmetric thing I think is cool. So now which uh, one? That's the Florence. That's the Florence. There's, they have the um, Hattie and Ellis, I think it's called, which is an a, a, a dress that we've seen a lot from other people too, which is basically, you know, basic bodice with a gathered skirt. Um, right. There's another one that I want to make soon. I saw it also on Molly from Mike and Molly's house. I saw it on her sewing table, which is the um, Mary White dress, which is kind of like a little sailor dress that I think would look lovely in linen uh, as well. Is that also from Merchant and Mills? That's also from Merchant and Mills, yes. And all the ones that I've mentioned from Merchant and Mills are available in both size ranges, 
Merchant and Mills is um, you need to go if you fit into the larger size band, then you go to the larger size band collection. Yeah. And the smaller you go to the smaller. So if you are looking for a pattern for Merchant and Mills and you say, hey, this doesn't come my size. Why did we really talk about it on the podcast? Look, go to their site. I wish they did it all in one page, but they don't. So it can be confusing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what's taken me a little bit of time trying to find them as we're talking about them. Now the Florence is one that I've, I've been a little bit interested in. They don't, um, obviously it doesn't come all the way up to my hip size, but that one's got a lot of ease in it and is intended to. So it's one that would work for me. I've bought a few of their other patterns and they have not, even though they are loose fitting patterns because they are so much smaller than my body, it, it doesn't work as intended unless I add to them right. significantly. So it's a, it's a hit or miss for me, but I think mm. the designs are very cute. Yeah. And the last thing that I put in here is something different for me, but so a lot of this, and I know you have this too, mm-hmm. when we use linen, we, we generally buy, we buy linen often that's 60 inches wide. And so a lot, oftentimes we have a strip left, yep. right. Of kind of, not that useful strip, unless, you know, we do collar blocking or something like that, but I have a ton of those available. And I saw a striped quilt. I put a picture in the show notes from gathered. I don't even know what that is. Some kind of online magazine. And, but it, I don't think that's linen, but that's the idea that I have of just putting together blocks of this linen yeah. and making. I think a it's a great idea. Um, there's a pattern by um, made by Ray. That's a skirt that that the image that's used to advertise a skirt is called the Clio is color blocked in that way where it's just stripes of different oh different cool. pieces of linen and it's not like it's striped each row each stripe going around your body is five or six different colors oh, there'll cool. be you know different piecing going along there as well and I've always I, I think that's an intriguing idea too that's one where I feel like if I if I did that if I built the flat fabric by sewing together like you would for this quilt and flat locking the seams or something else just to, I, I think you could make something kind of neat out of that. But So this is a good, uh, an idea for this too, is I want to talk to, okay. So last night, uh, Jim's band played in Baltimore and um, Jim's band is a surf band and the Christina of the Create Domesticity, mm-hmm. her husband he likes surf music. So I told him that they were playing. And so he came to the show and he told me that Christina is doing, she's surging her quilt tops now. And she can do a quilt top in two hours by surging it, by doing it on her serger. So I want to go talk to her about it because I was thinking that would be perfect for linen because even though the seams would be underneath, linen would get so you know, it would still ravel up, right? Even though it wasn't. And so it would get all kind of lumpy in there. So I thought maybe that'd be good to talk to her about. What do you think about that? That person who's made quilts. I, you know, I'm old school enough that I immediately hear it and and it, you know, makes me sort of clench because it seems not right, but that doesn't mean it isn't right. It's something that I've never considered doing. And I Mm -hmm. don't know if I would just truthfully. Um, That's so funny about because uh, I w- I would have thought you no, you would embrace know, new think, ideas for things you'd think but I but I hear surging in quilts and I've got I've got thirty years of you absolutely don't do that drilled into me and huh. it doesn't mean it's not doable or it wouldn't be wonderful it just means my immediate thought is oh gosh no um, but 
But that said, I I definitely have surged a quilt top before. It's just oh, yeah. that I never felt good about it. Oh. And I gave it away. So I don't know how it held up because it was a donation thing. And it was, it doesn't even matter. But I felt really bad about it when I was doing it. And I went, when I machine quilted it, I like machine quilted it to within an inch of its life in order to be sure nothing would go wrong. Okay. So it sounds like there's some kind of, maybe there's some kind of good reason. So, and I'm sure that if there is, our listeners will tell us because they tell us all the time, (laughs) like you didn't consider this obvious thing. But the fact that Christina, who owns a quilting shop store, does it makes me think maybe there's, that's a thing you can do. I don't know. And I, I, you know, Baby Lock has an article about how it's so awesome to do it. Oh, and really? Then there are lots oh. of, yeah. And then there are lots of articles on quilting boards that are people saying why it's so amazing to do and other people saying like that you're a heathen for even considering it. And so it just, <laughs> I, I, I expect that it's going to Well, come I want to do anything that makes me a heathen, Jenny. <laughs> but it probably comes down to personal preference. And I would love to feel great about surging a quilt. I really would. I just, the one this time I did it. I'm I, so glad I don't have any hangups about like that. I didn't know anything about, so I don't, I won't feel weird about it, but please tell me if there's something obvious that I'm missing of why I can't I, do I don't that. think there is. I genuinely don't. I think, I think it's okay. It's just, I, it's not what I learned. And for some reason, that's the one where I'm like, but that can't possibly be right. And so I don't know. I'll be excited to see what you do with it so I can then later be convinced. Oh, I'm sure that, I'll never do it. It's just like an idea, you know. You know. Yeah, it just I so I I got nothing. Okay. Um, I have always surged when I've owned a serger, I've always surged the outer edges of the quilt before I put binding on. But that to me that's just edge finishing. It feels different yeah. somehow. So, yeah. Well, I so do we'll think see. that um the fact that so many of the linens that we buy we often buy the similar, you know, you can, even if you get them from different companies, they tend to be very similar. I think they're, it's a fabric that suits itself well to, you know, using scraps in piecing together things, whether it be for a quilt or for, for garments, um, like quilting cotton is, you know, you can, you can mix Mm -hmm. and match that pretty well. Whereas, I find that rayons from one company to another are very different in how they behave at the sewing machine. And I don't find them as easy. I, I don't really know what to do with scraps of rayon. I don't, I don't know if anybody does anything with that, but that's not to me as ideal. Like I think. No, rayon's already asking for trouble just when yeah. you're sewing normally. To me. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that's the issue. <laughs> now, Back to your quilt question. One of the complaints that I've seen that would be valid is I always, prior to prior to starting to up sewing again recently, I always hand quilted all of my quilts mm-hmm. and a serge seam would definitely be bulkier and harder to do that with. But you don't have to go through the seam. So, well, but that's not necessarily the way that you're quilting, right? So I would, I would hand quilt. I could get about 20 stitches to the inch and I was doing intricate lines that would cross mm-hmm. seams all the time. I wasn't yeah. I wasn't echo stitching or something like that. And so anything that made a bulkier seam would have been negative, but that's about the only thing I've seen that looks like a legitimate complaint against it. And I don't machine, I don't hand quilt anymore. I do all mine by machines, which would eliminate that problem because your sewing machine doesn't care. Yeah. So, I would, interesting. Um, I also would like to do a quilt like my grandma did, which was, she always tied hers. She never yeah. quilted the way, you know, with machine or hand stitching, just 
tied them up. Yeah. So. I've, I've done a number of tied quilts too. They're, they're definitely, um, there's a lot of possibility there as well. Well, awesome. I think, unless I'm mistaken, other than reminding people that we have an amazing Patreon that they should all be going out and checking out, I think we're pretty much at the end of our podcast today. Well, where can they find our Patreon, Jenny? Oh, that's such a great question. They can find it on Patreon. I'm assuming slash punk frockers. Patreon.com slash punk frockers. Yes. So I am close. You're very close. I'm so amazing. Um, So yeah, that's where they're going to find it. And in addition, of course, check us out on your favorite podcatcher and rate and review us. We do love it when people have nice things to say about the show and give us a rating. So please give it some thought. We'd love to be available to more listeners who find us that way. And uh, I guess with that, we will see you next Tuesday. The Punk Frockers is created, produced, and edited by Beverly Baptiste and Jenny Hassler. On Instagram, you can find the podcast at Punk Frockers. You can find Jenny at J.O. Hassler and Beverly at Weeds to Wildflowers. Our artwork and music is created and performed by Jim Duran. You can find him on Instagram and his website at jimduran.art. 